So I, Gav, have a lot of trouble writing these introductions. There's a balance and struggle when I'm trying to figure out something funny or meaningful that I can put into this shit so that it, you know, makes sense or, you know, is actually slightly on topic. It actually causes me a lot of consternation because it's the first thing you hear when you load up each and every episode. Kevin, Neth, and Chris, Kevin especially, as he's the one here with me today, say hi, Kevin. Hello. Have to remind me every time we record that I need to write an introduction. They're almost, they almost never relate in any sort of meaningful way to the episode and are frequently unfunny. So there's that. was an introduction wow pulling back the curtain on that one I, I i when don't i let's be frank and honest here kevin when do i not just pull back the curtain on it when i <laughs> when i'm creatively bankrupt and i have absolutely nothing better to say i mean last week's was a banger so i think it's hard to beat that i, I it was last week just kind of well two weeks ago yeah but yeah the the yeah. previous episode let's put it that way previous episode uh, was uh was was a strong was a strong strong one yeah so uh, it, it'd be very difficult to uh, top on that. So uh, how are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I'm back from Philadelphia. I was out last time visiting my family for the first time since December of 2020 or 2019. Jeez, it's been. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute, years. my dude. It's been a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, it was nice to uh, see them. Um, one of the things that I got to do while I was out there was catch Dune in theater on 2D IMAX, which is the only way to watch it, even though there's six different ways to watch the movie now. As I told Izzy in Ville's Discord, um, Dune, the book, is the greatest soporific I have ever used in my entire life. Um, it's the greatest sleep aid that ever existed. So I have <laughs> zero interest in seeing it, despite the fact that the original movie from the 70s, 80s was an absolute mindfuck. And I liked it for that reason. Was that the David I, Lynch one? Yeah, that was the David Lynch version. Okay. I wasn't going to mention it was a Lynch, but yeah, uh, David Lynch with Sting. No, I I enjoy Lynch. I actually got to see him at a live Q&A of oh, um, cool. a Lost Highway showing in Philly once. Because he um, went to film school in Philly and okay. loves the city still. So uh, I'm just going to warn everybody. This episode today is going to be even more off the rails than normal because it's Kevin and I. And <laughs> Kevin and I are Kevin really doesn't like tangents, but he goes off on them a lot also. So this yeah. is going to be <laughs> it's also going to be a weird one. So, yeah, strap yourselves in. Um, so but that's cool. Yeah. 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 I, you know, just like a quick rant on how many different ways there are to watch movies. There are the same yeah. movie, six different ways to watch it in the theater. This is getting ridiculous. It's a bit out of hand. Yeah. 
Remember when it was just like regular and IMAX? Then they added 3D. I don't even. I don't even remember when IMAX. I remember when IMAX wasn't even a big thing in fucking every theater. You, I, Kevin, you and I are both of an age where we remember just going to the dollar theater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, we're just gonna go spend an entire Saturday at the dollar theater and yeah, Mm -hmm. just catch like seven movies. Half of which didn't come out in the past ten years. <laughs> yeah, you're getting you're getting like uh, it's ninety it's nineteen ninety six and you're watching uh, you know Independence Day. Yeah, exactly. I think that was what ninety four or something like that. They were always old movies for some reason. It, it was always old movies, or it was movies that had just freshly left the box office, like the real theaters. Yeah, I mean. The IMAX for us, I don't know about you guys, but we had to go into Philadelphia, into the Franklin Institute to see things on an IMAX theater, which is an actual IMAX theater that wraps around the entire. Yeah, Um, for us, there is there was a there was a full IMAX theater in Houston. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've always I've never lived inside of what people consider Houston. Um, The closest I've ever been was the childhood house I grew up in until middle school. That was probably the closest, but everything else is Houston's weird. I've been over this before. It's a massive amount of sprawl and there's a lot of sort of like disconnected suburbs and villages that are actually part of Houston, but aren't part of Houston. So I've never technically grown up in Houston except for that childhood home. Uh, But yeah, so yeah, we'd have to go into the it was uh, the Edwards. I think it was the Edwards Theater. ID4 was 96. Okay, so LB's LB's <laughs> correcting me. ID4 was 96. I wasn't sure. Uh, uh, ID4 uh, was 96 or 94. But yeah, so it'd be like 1998 or 1997. You'd go to the Dollar Theater and I <laughs> and Independence Day would be on it. Um, but yeah, it was it was just always a wild ass thing. And it was like, yeah, the tickets for that were like 20 bucks back in the 90s. Yeah, but it was cool. It was it was an experience that you couldn't normally get yeah. in a normal theater. Until now, like Tinseltown have... and all those other sort of chains popped up and it's like, yeah, every theater's got an IMAX theater in it now. And yeah. the tickets are two or three times more expensive. Yeah, I, I listened to a podcast called The Filmcast and they refer to it as Limax. Because, because it's, it's not it's actually not IMAX. A... <laughs> it's not a real IMAX. Yeah, it's called IMAX, but it's not. A... I mean, it's bigger than a normal screen. I'll give it yeah. that. But it is not a full IMAX screen. Yeah, it's not, it's um, not the full it, IMAX, but the with the immersive audio and everything. Yeah, but um, anyway, two D IMAX is the way to see it because it's bigger and better, and the sounds good. And but Kevin, about what about glasses. the three D glasses? Fuck the three D glasses. They make everything darker. <laughs> they make they make my brain hurt. How do you even do that with glasses? I can't. I can't. I've had they to try to make I, them bigger. I, you try to like put them over your glasses and I have a very wide, uh, my glasses are actually fairly wide. Uh, so it's even harder. I know I I've, I've known like, uh, women and guys that have like a smaller size face that can just like, Oh yeah, just pop them over my glasses. Totally fine. I'm like, no, even the XL like 3d glasses <laughs> don't work because they all make them as one size and that's it. Yeah. So no, not, not cool. It's a pain in my ass. Anyway, so it's going to um, be an hour and a half of Kevin and I bitching about 3D theater, 3D IMAX theaters. <laughs> so uh, strap in. Yeah, no, the I, I think fall colors were nice to see. It's nice to actually be able to like we we went to a place called Hawk Mountain. That's mm-hmm. got, you know, you can kind of look out and it, sometimes there's hawks going by, but you're not guaranteed to see hawks. But anyway, 
we just, it was just cool to see the you know leaves changing color and yeah it was I, it was pretty uh you don't really get that in in, in houston at least i know in parts of texas yeah. like especially if i go up a little bit further into the piney woods but those are mostly sort of a little bit more on the evergreen side so it's more pine trees and things like that but you can get some there are some maples and oaks that will start changing but yeah generally in houston it's like fall weather it's like oh hey we get about two weeks of the leaves kind of being orangish maybe a little <laughs> yellowy and then it's just like no fuck you we're gone dead <laughs> yeah um, one of the things that I, that kind of shocked me that I haven't done in a very long time was go to the art museum, the Philadelphia art museum. And, I love uh, art museums. it was, I don't, I can't remember, honestly, the last time I was actually inside the art museum, but, um, it was really good. It's expensive now. It's like yeah. 20 bucks a ticket. Yeah. I mean, but they give you like a two day pass. It's very mm-hmm. weird. It's like we're going to charge you more and charge you for a day that you're probably not going to go. <laughs> but here you go. But uh, no, it was fun. Um, um, that's why I like that's why I like uh, art museums. I like but my biggest love is natural history museums like the Houston, the natural museum, uh, the natural history museum here in Houston is actually really nice. It's fairly large. Um and yeah, I just I love going there. That's so nice. It's I haven't been to the museum in probably a decade. It's probably yeah. been about 10 years since I was at the museum. It uh the one thing that I I don't know if I just never realized this or not, but they recreated an entire Buddhist temple on like the second floor of the art museum and like you go into this room and it's like come they just like took the buildings and put them in this room and it and made it look exactly like the temple did in real life. And uh, that was really cool cool. That's cool stuff. That's, that's always neat. Yeah. And they like, they took apart part of a a throne room in Shanghai, China and like recreated it. It just things that you never like, Oh, okay. They, I guess you can do that. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. It was, it was cool to see. There was a Jasper Johns exhibit that we saw. That's like the, featured artist right now you'd have to go look at some of his work but uh it was it's it's always nice modern art yeah Mm -hmm. modern art i don't get modern art i I hate to be i hate to be the boomer right now but i don't get modern (laughs) art at all it doesn't make any fucking sense that's funny because what mandy said to me was she's like i don't get people just like gluing a spoon onto a board and calling it art yes okay i like her you can keep her (laughs) she can stay yeah yeah that that was some of it (laughs) but uh, i don't fucking get it man i just it was still really cool anyway um Mm -hmm. so that was most of what i did this week i played some new world there's a few things that we'll get into about that but um Mm -hmm. overall still enjoying the game you know just even You know, yesterday I was like super tired, long, busy week of work, first week back from vacation. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just go out and like, you know, cut some trees down, do some fishing. You know, like the first thing I did when I logged into the game after I, you know, wasn't playing for a week was like, I just fished until I got bored. Yeah. And just kind of just sat there and chilled out and like looked at the scenery and the like sun was coming into my eyes and I was like, just chilling. This is acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I get you. Um, Yeah. I mean, 
I've just been playing Final Fantasy 14 by myself and played a little bit of Destiny too, but I'll get into that a little bit later. And um, just Chris reinstalled League and started playing League again. So I was just like, yeah, I'll do some brain dead stuff in it, like play some of their auto yeah. chess and their ARAM mode. But I'm like, I'm, I think I'm not interested in like actually getting back into that game. It's just like, it's an easy time waster in some cases. Like I want to kill 20 minutes or 30 minutes. I'm just like, Oh, okay. I just fire that up and do that. And that's fine. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. But I have no desire to get back into that game. Really? Like as an actual, on an actual level, I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Uh, we're good. We're, we're, we're totally good. Yeah. Not interested. It's so Chris has started his, I'm done with final fantasy for now. And I'm going to play another game for two weeks until I wait for the other thing to come out. Uh, no, he's playing a lot of Final Fantasy still. Um, he's playing Gloomhaven and Final Fantasy currently. Uh, the Gloomhaven is just kind of a Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing. So it's a RPG in a box that you can buy. Um, they just came out with the digital version. So he's playing Gloomhaven with some of his Euro friends with his Euro guild. Um, and playing 14 with his Euro people also. So, um, wouldn't they just be his people and we would be the American people? Well, we're the Euro folks. We're the American folks, and he's they're they're his Euro people. They're his Euro <laughs> folks. Okay. Because yeah, but he's just he's just spending a lot of time over there and just kind of doing that thing, kind of just you know doing his thing over there. And so yeah, Gav's just been kind of alone because LB's playing New World. You've been gone, and you're mostly just playing New World. You're not playing fourteen or anything like that. So I've just been kind of left to my own devices for the last month or so. <laughs> I mean, most of 14 is a single player game anyway. There's a lot of stuff that's single player. Yeah. So it's it's not bothered me too much. I'm doing a lot of crafting and gathering stuff. So it's getting prepped up for the expansion, which we'll actually talk about a little bit later. Um, nice. But yeah, so it's just, yeah, just a lot of brain dead stuff. I've been kind of just sort of left my own devices. So I've just been binging YouTube and Netflix stuff and doing content and video games that doesn't require me to pay all that much attention. So anything worth watching on Netflix? No, I'm just catching up on some stuff. I caught up on um, Castlevania and a couple of other things that I had watched like the first season of or the first two or three seasons and hadn't caught up with. Um, was rewatching I I've, I've told you before, but Perry and I have been rewatching all of Stargate and I've been sitting here like, eh, I'm going to possibly start rewatching Star Trek again, but I don't know. Um, kind of waiting on the, coming out. Yeah. Yeah. But I just like, I, I haven't watched any of it and I don't really feel like paying for a subscription to Paramount plus or whatever the hell it's called now. Yeah. To watch this one show. Or um, wait maybe, until they all come out and binge it. Maybe when Picard season two is completely out, I'll pay for another month and just watch through all of Discovery and catch Picard once mm -hmm. uh, once it's done. Because um, I, like I said, I liked Picard. I really liked it. it my Perry liked it too. My wife uh, liked it as well. So we're uh, just like, yeah, okay, yeah. When Picard season two comes out, I'll probably re-up my subscription. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's really anything on paramount plus that's really like singing to me and telling me oh i need to be on this and i need to you know have a ongoing recurring subscription for it and just catch yeah, everything at once be happy with it the only thing that i really am like that with is hbo max um 
I honestly do think that HBO Max is worth like 15 bucks a month or whatever it is now. It's the only thing that has things consistently coming out. Like they had Dune day one. I mean, it's yeah. I downloaded well, it and watched it on my phone on the plane. It's crazy. The, the only thing that I really am just sort of really big on when it comes to the streaming service stuff is definitely Hulu. I keep I keep my Hulu subscription up and that's like. Uh, I guess I like a lot of the TV shows that they have access to. I like the FX programming, so it's uh, it's it's been it's been good so far. So uh, I you, feel. Hmm? Have you watched Only Murders in the Building? I saw the first episode. Perry and I sat down and watched the first episode yeah, after we after we finished up uh, what we do in the shadows because what we do in the shadows just released its last episode on Hulu. Last episode for the season, so we saw that and then we were like. I heard a lot of good things and I like Martin short and I like mm-hmm. Steve Martin. Um, yeah. Selena Gomez is growing on me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, this is good. I, I, I can sit down and watch this. I could definitely sit down and watch this. Yeah. I definitely want to revisit and check out the rest of the episodes. It's pretty yeah. fun, fun little show. It's been, it's been very fun, but there's a lot of, I think it's got a good balance of comedy and drama so far. Like just in the first mm-hmm. episode, I think they're a little heavy on the drama side of it so far, but we'll see how it goes. Cause it's Steve Martin and Martin short. They're both very famous as comedians and actors. Yeah. So there's got to be some more good comedy in it. So, uh, I can't wait to see how that ends up going for sure. Um, but, uh, Chris is currently on uh finger watch 2021. <laughs> um, Q4 finger watch 2021. Uh, he's currently out. Uh, he is attending a wedding. Uh, so, uh, hopefully he is only mostly drunk. I hope he's not Scottish drunk. I think, I hope he's just like American drunk, not Scottish drunk. Cause uh, you know how those Scots people, those Scots are. Yeah. Cause then his fingers would definitely be, on <laughs> his fingers would definitely be on finger watch. Um, Neth is not feeling well today, so I can confidently say she is not drunk. She's just not here today. And has all fingers. All fingers are intact, so she's she's in good shape there. Um, besides that, I know there really wasn't a whole lot going on in the last couple of weeks. Uh, no feedback, blah, 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 blah. You can go ahead and stroke your, stroke your countries a little bit. Yeah, we what have. What the fuck is up with that last one, by the way? We have people listening from all over the world. I don't know if you know this. The um, same like seven places every week. Mo- mostly from the U.S., but we also have <laughs> listeners from Canada, Russia, Germany, and Pakistan. Yeah, I looked at that. And I was like, Pakistan. There's a D mm-hmm. in that word. Is that some Pakist- Yankee thing? Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's uh, maybe. That's, yeah, that's, maybe it is a Yankee thing. That that that's that's a sort of left. That's okay. So in the South, it would be Pakistan. <laughs> okay. In the Yankees, it is apparently Pakistan, and pronounced closer to correct is Pakistan. Pakistan. Right. Kind of a combination of the both. It's sort of somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's just go straight in and sure. We don't have a whole lot, but. I'm certain the bottom two on mine can probably spark some conversation here. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, for me, just for my personal stuff, uh, Astros lost the World Series. Four to two. 
sad face. Atlanta Braves won, uh, but the the Braves just played absolutely fantastically. They had a really good season. They they had a really like Cinderella season at the end of the turn or come back and everything and just absolutely fantastic team. They did a good job and the Astros did well as well, uh, despite being hampered by a lot of injuries and a lot of issues with the lineup and the rotation. We'll see how next year goes. I just like baseball. I'm not like a crazy person. I'm not flinging death threats at people and shit. I just I just like baseball. It's a good I just like the sport. That's all. So uh, good job to Atlanta and good job to Houston. Both did fantastic. Very sportsmanlike of you. I, I I am not a crazy person. I don't want to like hurt people because my team lost or, another, or, <laughs> or a different team won. I just like people. I just like the sport. That's all. Um, so real quick, um, um, I'm going to leave all the blizzard ones to the end of mine real fast. Okay. So I'm going to talk about uh, just real quick um, for the update on Destiny 2 Shitstorm uh, 2021 going into 2022. It's still raging. Destiny Bungie has made some bad choices, some bad, bad choices and some bad, bad takes. And uh, I still haven't. And, you know, for how much I play Destiny, like and how much I come back to the game constantly, I still haven't bought the expansion or the 30th anniversary pack. And I don't know if I will or not. That's saying a lot because I do love that game and I love the story behind it. I love everything that goes on with it, but I just don't know if I can justify spending a hundred dollars, you know, for another expansion plus a content pack. Uh, I mean, if you got all of the expansion stuff and if you got, you know, a year's worth of content or whatever, like well, the I problem see... is they're also taking away a bunch of content too. At I the mean, same it... time. If you're a kid and you're asking your parents for it, I can see like, hey, mom, can I get the new season? It's ten dollars. Sure, whatever. I'll throw you a tenner, you know, but it's like, uh -huh. hey, can you buy me the extra special deluxe edition for a hundred dollars? It's like, no, mm. let, let me look into that first. You know? I mean, yes, it is. It's going to be a year's worth of content because uh, it comes with the season pass. It comes with 30th anniversary content coming out later this month, I believe. I just I don't know, man. I'm just like. That's, that's a big a, ask. And then them, them yeah, splitting the dungeons off that like mm -hmm. that's the big thing is like splitting the dungeons off as separate purchases from the core gameplay. That's in addition to the hundred dollars. No, that's 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 that included in the hundred dollar purchase. But if I was to go and spend, say, my 40 or 45 bucks on the base version of the game, it would not come with the two dungeons for the expansion. I mean, that's that's the whole problem is like, I don't want to have to have a spreadsheet to figure out how to purchase this fucking game. Yeah, it's, it's 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 this further monetization of every aspect of a game that bothers me. Like, I get it. They have to make money. They got to make their cash. They're an independent studio now. They have, they're mm -hmm. not beholden to any large interests. They got to get their dosh somehow. But I think this is the wrong way to do it. I just don't but like all is, of it. It feels like they're nickeling and diming you when they're taking out content that they previously had included as a base part of the game. Yeah, well, like they're, they're taking out. The, well, it, like the fact of the matter is, is like my original Destiny 2 purchase doesn't exist anymore. And now my <laughs> first expansion purchase will no longer exist after 
the after the new game after the new release mm-hmm. after the expansion releases so i'm like i'm gonna be paying a hundred dollars for content that will disappear in the next couple of years hmm yeah I mean, I get it. Like, I pay, I pay a hundred bucks here, sixty bucks there, and it's like, oh yeah, I get like three years worth of content. I get three years worth of play out of it. But there's, there's a very cheap part of me that's like, fuck you for taking away something I paid for. Yeah, I thought they were going in a good direction with like, I did too. Yeah, having a cheaper quarterly release that's like ten bucks, and if like I don't want to pay for that three month period, I don't have to spend the ten bucks. Yeah. or if you're like me, I don't you just, know what they're spending 30 now. bucks. It's like you're like me. You just spend your 30, 35 bucks, whatever, 20 to 30 bucks and you buy the season pass. And you get all the content. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it and you just drop in, drop out whenever you want to. But yeah, like what they're doing right now with removing the forsaken content. I mean, they're keeping the dreaming city, but they're still removing the forsaken content. I mean, Tangled Shore doesn't have a lot. It only has a couple of exotic quests tied to it, so it's not a huge, huge concern. And they're rolling the stock market from the spider into Rahul at the tower, so you're not even losing that, but you're losing a zone. <clears throat> yeah, it's it just sounds completely bonkers. Like, I can't imagine explaining this to someone. Yeah, it's hard to explain it to somebody. It really is, especially somebody who doesn't know about how you know seasonal game game models work, live service models, you know. Oh, yeah, you paid for this? Okay, so you can always use it, right? And it's like, actually, no, I'm technically renting this from the company so they can remove it whenever they want to. But you paid for it, right? You paid up, up front. Yeah, yeah, no, I paid all my money up front. Yeah, I, I bought the whole thing. So they can take something that you paid for and you own. Well, I that's the thing. Is I don't technically own it. I'm renting it. But you paid up. I've had this conversation with people before, if you can't tell. Right. But it's um, I mean, like I can see that being a thing if it's like a every month I pay a certain amount. You know, like mm-hmm. if it's 10 bucks a month or five bucks a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they take something away that I paid for with that mm-hmm. $10 a month. Then like that makes sense if they take it away. Cause it's like that month passed, I don't get it back again, but this, this, what they're talking about is completely bonkers. I mean, it's just might as well just go to like a cheaper monthly payment if that's what you want from us. But I can't, mm-hmm. I can't understand what they're trying to do with this new pay structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I just, I, it's, it's just a clusterfuck, and I'm very tired of the Destiny Two being de- Bungo being bad Bungo. Very tired of it at this point. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a chance that some of these choices can be reversed or we might get a better explanation for why the choices are being made and that might make more sense because if they can give me a good reason why they're doing it the way they're doing it i'll be fine i'll live i i can i'll get over it (laughs) but if it's just like hey we're gonna keep breaking this down to make more money i'm gonna be a little hesitant about it you know yeah like i don't even know if like let's say i buy this witch queen and 30 30th anniversary edition. 
how much of that $100 have I already spent? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I have some, I have some previous purchases, you know, yep. they're not giving me a discount because I'm double paying for some of the shit that I already have. Well, you won't own any of the stuff for the Witch Queen Deluxe Edition. So that's just the new expansion, the two dungeons, and the 30th anniversary pack, plus the digital deluxe contents. So you're not actually buying anything that you already own. But, you know, they're dipping kind of hard into this. You know, it's a yearly expansion kind of thing. So every year I'm dropping 60 bucks, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with spending 60 bucks a year to get the new expansion for it. It's totally fine. The problem is when I'm spending a hundred bucks every year and I have to suddenly start going, uh, this is a hundred bucks a year. I mean, it's like, I get it. I vape and I drink occasionally, but those are things that I have like a tangible return in my hand on. This is stuff that it's like, oh yeah, every year you might play for six months and you're spending a hundred bucks to get the full content. Well, fuck you too. Yeah, there's there's eight different purchases that you can currently make yep. on mm-hmm. the Steam website for Destiny. It's uh, okay. I don't understand at all. It's a bit much, I know. Yeah. And the funny thing like, is, is that with the Beyond Light expansion, mm-hmm. the whole goal was to simplify the purchase structure for the game to make it easier for new players to get into it. Because right now it is a mess for new players to get into and once witch queen comes out it's going to be even further of a mess for new players to play yeah so i don't even know um into into news about a company that is not actively kind of screwing over their players but some people think they are uh final fantasy 14 just announced like literally this morning last night They just announced that Endwalker, the next expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, has been delayed for two weeks. Uh, Rather than uh, November 23rd, the game is now going to be coming out December 7th. So, uh, sad face for anybody that's scheduled vacation time, I guess. But at the same time, it's a video game. They're scheduling. They felt like the QA was falling behind. So okay. I'm glad they are holding it back then. Yeah. Uh, 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 I forget the man's first name, but Yoshi P uh, Yoshida uh, Yoshi P personally apologized and was like fucking tearing up during their live stream about this. He's just like, yeah, I, I it's my selfishness. I'm to blame. And he's just classic sort of like this. This is just sort of classic Japanese developer sort of standpoint. It's like, hey, I fucked up personally. This is my fault. Don't blame anybody else. Um, but the man was the man was fucking tearing up. He's very invested in this and he's very sad that this had to happen. But it's like he pulled the trigger. He 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 made a choice. It's like we got to delay this two weeks. We got to make sure that this game is polished. And I'm happy with the results because I want my players to be happy with the results. And I respect it. And come on, it's two weeks. I mean. Two weeks like and I, I get the arguments that some people have. Some people were raging about this because it's like I set up my vacation. I set up two weeks of vacation two months ago because that's that's you have to set up your vacation months in advance kind of stuff. And I get that. I understand. But it's like. 
you can't rush this. That's the problem we've had so often in the gaming sphere over the last decade plus of, you know, just rushing a game out of the door. Blizzard. Um, Amazon. Um, but you can't, you gotta, you gotta just let them do their thing. Every, everybody is serving two masters, right? You're serving mm-hmm. the company and you're serving the, the player players. The, the consumer. Right. It's very difficult to find a balance between those two. And no matter what industry you're doing. Um, yeah. But, you know, good on him for taking egg on his face and owning up to it and not pushing. I don't it think he had any. I don't like think he had anything to fucking year. own up to. I don't personally think he had a damn thing to own up to. It, it, it's a process. It is not a science. It is an art. You, it, yeah, art but then takes you have, as long as art takes. then you have people like Chris who are taking time off of work and planning their life around this thing. I mean, I'm sure he's not happy about this. Probably, no, probably no. Knowing Chris, he's probably like, fuck, but he's also like the game will be ready when the game's ready because that's Chris. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are a hundred percent people that are like, Fuck Yoshi P. Fuck Squaresaw. Fuck Creative Business Unit Three. Fuck all that shit. This is unacceptable. Blah blah blah. I'm canceling my pre-order. Like it's a game. I mean, you should be adhering to uh, Sephiroth's law, which is do not pre-order video games. Never pre-order a game. Yep. Never ever pre-order. Yeah. Goose law. Goose law. But that. I mean, yeah, I feel bad for people who are planning their life around a video game. But then think about that. You're planning your life around a video game. Think about I mean, it. Some folks so that, that that that's that's how some folks do. And that's fine. I get it. Like you do you. But you can't be upset when you planned your life around something that's not fully 100 percent within your control. You're right. I shouldn't kink shame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is this is this is a no judgment zone. Um, but yeah, it's just it sucks. I get it, folks, but it's like at the same time, just gotta roll with the punches. It's game development. It, like I said, it's not a science, it is an art. It is a hundred percent an art form. And you can't rush this. You can't rush a good game. And you know every everybody shit on um, you know, Blizzard before Blizzard had mm-hmm. Uh, Activision hovering Mm -hmm, over it. mm -hmm. And, you know, soon TM became an on-running joke. Yeah. And games came out when they were ready. And Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, you're playing Diablo, you're playing StarCraft, they're saying Mm -hmm. StarCraft 2 is going to come out, they're saying Diablo 2 is going to come out. And you're, like, waiting around for fucking years, Mm -hmm. you know, while the hype builds. But, like, those games, you know, well... Generally. Generally. Let's say generally were pretty polished games when they came out. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk you about know, Warcraft three reforged. And we're not going to talk about Diablo three. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, they were playable games when they came out and we got a, a premium experience in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree hundred percent. And, you know, somewhere along the lines, we went from, I, you know, honestly, what I think it was, was like, Hey, the game doesn't have to be perfect. We can just patch it when, you know, day one comes out or the we live service model day one live service patching. Yeah, that fucking ruined things, yeah. you know? Well, and I, I mean, mean it's, it's also I think it also has something to do with the fact that, you know, the yearly release structure that other game companies, EA, uh, 
Activision when they when they do these yearly release structures where they're just recycling a game over and over again and mm. just re-releasing the same thing with an updated roster. I think that really has affected how people view game development. Right. Because they're 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 not they're looking at these mass market regurgitated products and they're not looking at they're not looking at it as a, you know, a polished piece of work that's a bespoke artisanal experience. They're looking at, oh, well, Call of Duty can shit out a new game every year. Why can't uh, FIFA can shit out a new game every year? Why can't Blizzard shit out a new game every year? And it's just like they're reusing a lot of stuff and they stay with the same engine for decades and years. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's really easy when you have all of the moving parts already and you're just slapping a new coat of paint on it and maybe adding a new system. That's really easy to do a yearly release for. Yeah. And you also have to, you also have to look at the fact that you know some of those companies like EA and Activision have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of developers that are constantly working on these things years in advance. You might be working on your 2024 release already or your 2023 release already when you know yeah. you're dealing with a slightly smaller development staff, it's a little bit harder to be yeah, pumping out multiple projects all at the same time, especially with the industry with, with with the consumer pushback against crunch and industry standards and things like that going on right now, it's not as easy to, you know, do yearly releases. Yeah, I mean, when this is this probably has no bearing on reality, but like when we talk about CEOs making millions of dollars more than workers and it's like, well, why can't some of those profits be put into hiring more people so that there's not crunch, you know? I mean, or building another development team so that they could work for something three years in advance instead of mm -hmm. something that's coming out this year. You know, like mm -hmm. there's other industries like Marvel Studios has figured out how to come out with multiple tentpole movies every single year mm -hmm. that are very good quality. And I mean, they're they're doing it, you know, like there's there's industries and methods of doing this stuff that I think are out there. But mm -hmm. I don't know why we're still in the position that we're in, especially with some of these larger companies that have existed for 10 plus years. Yep. You know, no, I 100 percent agree. Uh, there's there's a certain well, I mean, the, in the Marvel is a weird sort of situation, especially because of the Disney purchase, because you have this massive conglomeration. Backing you and behind you and just money is not an object, you're in, in the case of Marvel movies, money is not an object. They literally just go, this is what we want to do. And they're like, is it going to print us money? They're like, yeah. They're like, fine, fucking do it. Here's here's $175 million. Here's $300 million. Here's $500 million. Go film your four movie series. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, all right. This is slightly cool. terrifying, but I can just, you can just fucking throw money at the problem and eventually the problem will go away. Is I mean, it's not like Call of Duty isn't making them millions and millions of dollars. Well, yeah, no, Call yeah. of Duty is a billion-dollar franchise. Yeah. They make a shitload of money every year on a Call of Duty <laughs> They're making more than the movies. Oh, actually. yeah, in some cases, in some cases, they make more than movies. <clears throat> like, I mean, you look at the FIFA series and things like that, and you're just like, oh, these literally print money. This is, this is literally... A money printing press 
all it does is just spit money out at you. It's like Pokemon. Like Pokemon just spits money at Nintendo. They made a Pokemon game, people buy it, and it just prints yeah. money for them. That's a whole different. That's a whole different can of worms because that's you know like Japanese development philosophy versus mm. Western development philosophy philosophy. But yeah, it's a whole different thing. But yeah, um, I I would love to see some you know over the next year. I think what we have learned from this year is like we need to go back to the pendulum has swung too far into just spit up patch out whenever you want and people will still play your video games i thought we learned our lesson with anthem guys jesus christ the game fucking tank oh poor anthem but um like let's have the pendulum swing back let's get to higher quality games let's extend timelines if we need to so that we get quality games day one. I mean, someone brought this up in a video I watched this week and it's like something I forgot, but it's like, you only have one chance to make a first impression, mm -hmm. you know, like yep. that adage is still true. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, somehow we're, we're, you know, kind of going with games and companies that release half baked and just expect them to be patched until they're fixed. And like, yep. that is happening a lot with new world right now. There's tons of problems with it that people I, are bringing up honestly that happened with destiny 2 destiny 2 launched in a not great state and forsaken fixed a lot of the problems it's like oh yeah yeah we're just gonna release a big old expansion back that fixes all the issues right like, but we're gonna call it an expansion but really it's a ton of fixes because the thing we is fucked up <laughs> yep no 100 150 percent agreed so um, yeah and <clears throat> and like i think you know, in general, we just need to we need to hear about, you know, people in the gaming industry having better quality of life and better acceptance of diversity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and like, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that those are what the stories are next year instead of what we've had to live through I'm this year. And, and the people who've actually had to live through it, not just us. I'm, I'm hoping that the news. I'm hoping that this this isn't just like. I hope it doesn't turn into a narrative of this is this is the only way to do things it's like <clears throat> pardon me there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts in video games and in development and filmmaking and all sorts of stuff there's no one answer nothing is ever going to solve the entire problem it's we everybody in the industry and everybody that consumes the media needs to realize that these things all take their own time in their own ways. We can't just apply a single band-aid or plaster or whatever you call it in mm -hmm. your part of the world to a problem and that fixes it. It's 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 a lot of systemic issues that have to be resolved around how we consume the media and how the media is also produced. Yeah. I I mean, there's probably been a lot of movies and television shows that have switched their release dates and we probably never even knew about it. Because oh, yeah. they don't make it as public as video games for some reason. And it's like, if we need mm -hmm. to go back to that, fine. You know, guess what? I can only play games that are out. You know, the game has to fucking be released in order for me to play it. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm not sitting there like waiting around like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, just waiting for the next game to come out. It's like you play what's out there. You play what you have. Anyway. Exactly. But yeah, um, so. We've had like six stories here spread across both of us that all kind of interconnected with each other, especially with what we were just talking about, too, with Blizzard. So yeah. um, 
I think that one's the perfect one to start with. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the fallout from that has been that players are leaving Blizzard games and not playing games. And finally, it, it, we're seeing some um, of the consequences of what's gone on over the past several mm-hmm. uh, months, which is that the active monthly users, the MAU monthly active users, is gone down 13% year over year to now 26 million players for. I believe Blizzard games, not Activision Blizzard. This is just Blizzard. So, um, uh, for a bit of for a bit of uh, reference, for, for a bit of frame of mm-hmm. reference for this, um, Blizzard's quarterly results, their quarterly call, just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, I believe it was on the second or the third. That's where we're getting these numbers from. Yeah, and um, their revenue was up twenty two percent, but that's mostly because of Diablo resurrected. Diablo 2 resurrected, which is uh, odd to me that people are spending a lot of money rebuying an old game that's been uh, cleaned up and is out now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, people are speculating where they're losing players from. I think it's obviously WoW, um, mm-hmm. especially due to, you know, not, not just the stuff in the news, but um, it's just at a stale point and there's games like, like, people are finally realizing like, wait, there's other MMOs out there that are like decent. Like mm-hmm. people can play final fantasy 13. Like even though new world is, you know, something entirely different, it's, it's something that exists and you know, it's, it's not wow, but it, it has action combat. It has things that, you know, wow doesn't have. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like pretty fun to play. Even if the game, even if people, even if every person on YouTube is saying it's broken, which yes, there are broken things to it, but there's also a lot of fun that I've been able to have playing that game. So, um, you know, I, 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 for me personally, like I'm kind of done with 30 button MMOs where LB has to teach me how to map all of my buttons and then hold down a shift key and then map another set of buttons and then hold down the alt key and map another set of buttons. I'm fucking done with that shit. Okay. I'm going to be 40 years old next year. I don't want to have 13 fucking buttons on one, one hand. Like give me a fucking (laughs) break. Like I want three fucking buttons, like a video game controller, you know, video game controllers (laughs) used to have four fucking buttons to them. You know, it wasn't Um, like hold down shift and then here's four more buttons and then hold down two shifts and it's four more buttons, you know, I want something that's easy and fun to play because I don't have all fucking day to play video games. Okay. Okay. If I'm lucky, I'll get a few hours, but like that's, that's what I like about new world. And that's why I'm into it. I can jump in, I can jump out and I don't have to have nerds yelling at me because I didn't press the buttons Mm -hmm. in the right order, you know, or I didn't heal someone properly, you know? So that's, you know, that honestly, I think that's what it is on top of all the other shit that's going on too. I get you. I get you. LB knows I love a a good opportunity to complain about buttons. Yeah, you do. You do. (laughs) Um, I, as I said, okay, boomer. Um, (laughs) but it's just, it's, 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 I get you. I a hundred percent understand. Like I don't need, I don't need to learn to play a completely different game just to play the game. So I don't need to know how okay. to like position my hands correctly just to play another game, just to play the game itself. And that's yeah. very frustrating. It's like, 
I get it. MMOs are complex games. They always have been. They always will be. At the same time, I don't need all of that shit, man. I don't. I don't. I really don't. Um, and honestly, I, I actually kind of like 14, like in that regard, because it's a pretty simple thing. There's a lot of buttons that I don't pay any attention to. The, the other thing about it is like, I know that you say you play a lot of single player, but <laughs> when you do have to interact with players, how is that experience compared to WoW for you? 14, it's been fairly, fairly good. I've only had like one or two people give me some any amount of shit in the game uh, up mm -hmm. to this point, uh, which is, you know, it's a marked difference than WoW in that regard, because, you know, normally in a match made activity in WoW, you know, you're going to have at least one person rage quitting or one person bitching and moaning or one person personally attacking you or posting damage meters constantly. And that's just my that's been my experience of WoW over the last five years or so. Um, 14, I, I haven't really experienced a lot of that. I, I've, like I said, I've had like one or two people bitch me out about something. And that was fairly early in the experience. Um, generally people are fairly nice and they're fairly apologetic when a mistake happens. Like I had a tank in one of the, one of the dungeons that was wall pulling. Uh, 14 has, uh, blocks within the uh, dungeon that prevents you from going forward until you kill a certain mob or open a door or kill a certain number of mobs. And yeah, you just a lot of tanks will just start start the dungeon, just pull everything to that door, and then everybody just AOEs it down. The tank, like I, I warned the tank, it's like, I'm not sure I can do wall. I can do wall to wall in this. And he's just like, oh, let's see. And he just proceeded to pull everything and then it didn't work out right the dps wasn't there and my healing wasn't there and he was just like yeah sorry that was my bad mm -hmm. I, d d people own their mistakes generally that i've seen this is all anecdotal of course and it's all uh, it's all subjective this is not objective at all um but that's just my experience with the game i have been happy with it so far with the with the activities yeah. i have to do with people i've been happy with it yeah, but I mean, I've had similar experiences where people, instead of criticizing you and complaining about how you can't play the game, actually say like, hey, this is the mechanic and how it works. And this is how we're going to there's been a lot try of that. not to die the next time the boss the next time we pull like, the boss. We wiped three or I wiped three or four times on one of the trials because it was a bunch of sprouts in there, me myself included. I I being who I am sprouts and having new players sprouts bringing new players for Final Fantasy 14 um, being a new player being a being a longtime MMO player like myself as myself I of course read up on all the mechanics so I knew what the mechanics were I knew what I was doing I was just like okay yeah I'm just gonna go in if I can get this done we wiped like four times but all of the more experienced players all the players that weren't sprouts or you know maybe mentors and things like that were like no 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 here's how we do this okay Anybody that knows the mechanics, stand on this side of the room. Anybody that doesn't know the mechanics, stand on this side of the room. And then we're going to explain the mechanics to everybody who doesn't understand it. We're going to show you on the ground how the mechanics work. And it's like, oh. yeah, the, the activity took like an extra 10 minutes. But I mean, that was 10 minutes that taught a bunch of people something about how the encounter worked. And in fact, I misunderstood one of the mechanics that I read up about. And I was just like, oh, that works that way. I thought it was the other way around. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I can't now. even believe that that happened. That's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was the wildest fucking thing. But yeah, I again, there have been in, in the larger match made stuff. I've had people rage about stuff, but it's like it's never been like a personal attack. It's just like fucking get your shit together, folks. Just 
don't stand at the bad stuff. The bad stuff's on the ground. It shows you. It's there for like three seconds. Just get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially with activities that have more than just a few players in it. Mm -hmm. It's even harder to coordinate, and a lot of people aren't listening or don't want to learn or... Yeah, it's you like know, doing the 24 player. Think they know, you know they had it, stuff, how to yeah. do it better. Yep. And um, to hear that is so cool because it's like actually sitting there and walking you through how it's done and teaching people instead of complaining for there. There's mm -hmm. too much in WoW for me, you know, complain first and then, you know, try to fix things later. It's like everyone just expects you to be at a certain level when you play the game mm -hmm. and not everyone is at that level. Yep. And, you know, people want to aspire to be better and, you know, do better things and do higher level content. But mm -hmm. not a lot of people seem to have patience for helping them to get to that point. And I'll, I'll be honest, I feel like with my experience in 14 so far, I feel like I could move into higher tiered content if I wanted to. I could go do on level savages and extremes and things like that, you know, without too much concerned because it, i've generally have seen the community be fairly decent they're like anytime like i've been farming farming tombstones as a blue mage because i leveled my blue mage up because i love blue mages that's my favorite final fantasy class of any game in final fantasy game gogo quistus queena anybody like that they're gao all my favorite characters um <clears throat> but i've been doing tombstone farms for the event that's going on right now and there's constantly stuff that in the in the queue finder that's just like, hey, there's a lot of know your shit or don't come. But there's also an equal amount, a fairly equal, uh, fairly equal amount of. Uh, hey, new players, welcome. We're learning how this works. We're progressing on this. And they're like open invites. You know, this is not like you need a 500 gear score to get into this. My God, the gear score checks and. I forgot about all that shit. So. Your mythic IO, your Raider IO score. I, hey, I need your oh, mythic yeah. IO score and I need your gear score. And I need you to have the cutting edge achievement for the current tiers rating experience. This is a five man dungeon. You need the fucking cutting edge tier achievement. I don't know where these people came from or how they got to so, be that way. But it's <sighs> very frustrating. Because to play with them in in the same people game. want the easiest experience possible, and they they rationalize it by going, "Oh well, if they've got all of this stuff, they're not going to be bad, so they can cover up any mistakes I make, kind of stuff." And this will be easy. I understand people want to skate by, but there there has to be a better like. The problem is when like everybody when wants to skate by, and you're playing like okay, well. You're playing in the intermediary soccer league or you're playing in the travel soccer league or, you know, there's different leagues or different, you know, rankings to to your play. Right. And you can play the beginner style or you can play the intermediate or the advanced style. And like we don't have that at all. We're just kind of all thrown together. And then people lie about being advanced when they're not advanced mm -hmm. or they, you know, they're advanced but they you know want to skate mm -hmm. by and do beginner stuff I, mm -hmm. who knows mm -hmm. i mean it's just there i agree that we need better systems to help maybe suss some of that stuff out and mm -hmm. i think they tried to do that with like mythic dungeons versus heroic dungeons and but the problem is, is that when you lock progression behind that people will do whatever it takes to get progression 
Right. And it, yeah. And like, I mean, they've kind of, they, they kind of have achieved that goal with mythic raids because I, you know, there's people who don't even attempt mythic raids due to their, you know, complexity and stuff. And like, but the problem great. is that there's I'm glad also that, that exists that for people. But there's a thriving market for uh, carries for mythic raids. That's once true. they once they go cross realm, there's a thriving market for it, and it's just like, or and there's also thriving markets of people that it's like, hey, <clears throat> I need you to carry me. This is the requirements. Shut the fuck up and get in if you can. Otherwise, go the hell away. I don't want to fucking talk to you, peasant. I mean, I'm kind of okay with the carry stuff because people do use it to fund their next raid tier. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. Like if I using it kind of goal. not, I kind of am not at this point because all the problems with RMT stuff that's been going on, you know, you can sell gold, you can sell gill, you can, you can in wow, you can buy wow tokens with gold that you get in game and you can then use those wow tokens to purchase balance on the blizzard store and then sell stuff on the blizzard store and you make real money off of it. Yeah, that's, that is kind of shitty, but um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, that was probably a bad idea. In the oh, no, that was 100% a bad idea. That was a terrible fucking idea. But, you know, I, I like the idea of doing a fund. Like, to me, if, it, if it's like a fundraiser mm-hmm. and you're doing it so that you can afford to do the next raid tier and buy all the potions you need and all that shit, then... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. If, that's, if, if, that's fun. If, if, if you're just in there to fund your in-game stuff, I'm... I'm okay with that. That's the, it, but the problem. The, I think I think inherently the problem with WoW is the WoW token because your gold mm. is equal to money. Yeah. Or why is that the only thing that people want? You know. Yeah. It's like if there was other activities in the game that you could have a fundraiser for mm. or a bake sale for, then mm. like people would be doing that and they would be spending gold on those activities instead of like here's the one thing that I can't do as a player because I don't have, you know, 19 other friends who are also super hardcore who want to do this one Mm -hmm. thing of content. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's tough, you know? And I, I don't like that there for people, for people like stone who like, I'm sorry, can't do like mythic tier dungeons and stuff. And like, but he wants that mount from that one dungeon or that one raid or whatever. It's like, and it's like that might be the only way carrying someone through that in order to get that. Yeah, but at out. the same time with Stone, he wants to do it himself. So Stone will just wait two expansions and go back and get it himself. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't agree with that either, but that's personal. <laughs> like, <laughs> do I want to go kill something a thousand times so that I can get one drop? I understand completely. I've been doing that with Blue Mage, getting my primal spells because I've gone back to do the primal spells solo in Extreme, which is not hard for a level 70 Blue Mage unsynced. But it's like, yeah, you're going in there 15, 20 times, 30 times, killing the same boss. It might take you two minutes or a minute to kill the boss, but you're still having to go back in 15 to 30 times kind of stuff. Yeah. It's frustrating. The repetitiveness (laughs) is what gets me on that. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I so anywho, let's let's keep going. What else? We well, on that same kind of topic, um, further problems with Blizzard where they've just announced that Diablo four and Overwatch two are being delayed and we're looking like 2023 for the release. That's not confirmed at all either. 
Okay. So, yeah, that's causing some more issues. Like, I mean, Overwatch 1 came out in, what, 2017? It's, I think so. It's been a, it's been a while. 2016. I mean, so, that's, that's going to be nine years. Wait, no, four, seven. That'll be seven years between games. That's ridiculous, man. Like, I get it. Development is an art. I've said that, but that's insane. I mean, how we don't know when the development started on it, and we don't know how far along it was when Kaplan left and other things like that. So, I mean, or if it was even something that could be started on or if it wasn't released to be started on, I guess. But it's it's just like. I like the idea of games as a service so that we don't have to be like waiting for releases and releases. I think like they, they've done, they've added a lot to the games over the years. Mm -hmm. They've added maps, they've added heroes, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. How often do we need to have massive overhauls of games like Overwatch, for example, is what I'm thinking about um, to require like overhauling and changing the entire engine. And like, even at that, they're not doing that with Overwatch. It doesn't seem like they're, you know, going massive. Nuts. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like an RTX enabled, like super graphically intensive game to like warrant a massive visual overhaul. This and is, it this is a game like that. that is going to be intended to run on toasters. Right. Because that's and how Blizzard develops games. They're intended to run on toasters. Well, make it run on a toaster but add some switches so that i it looks like a actual like game that's released today i guess is what i think but anyway um i i like the idea of like maybe the development cycle for a game or the life of a game is longer right and you can release dlc or you can release stuff in the meantime but yeah every so often you're going to need like a fundamental jump in technology and that, that's what I would think about is like we're at a point where the technology is so much better now. Like we have better video cards. We have more processing power. What can you now do with this game? You know, like how can we make it better technically, visually, et cetera, so that it warrants this major leap in, you know, a new game or a brand new game that you have to now like restart progression on or whatever. So I don't care how long in between there are. I just want the next one to be drastically different than the first one to actually warrant that new game. Because you've got people in Diablo 3 right now who have, how much does Leviathan have? Like multiple thousands of Paragon levels in Diablo oh, 3? Yeah. It's like, he's going to have to start over from scratch on this new game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's that's going to be some kind of a, a jump to have to like recreate and start from scratch and it's just i don't know so it's like yeah. overwatch 2 has been in development since at least early 2019 possibly 2018 mm -hmm. that's five years four to five years that's still a long time for a game right, to be in development during that time, we don't know how many missteps they made, how many times they mm -hmm. had to restart, how many times they decided to keep content from the old game and pull it forward mm -hmm. into the new game. I mean, there's how many decisions have probably been made since then that may have started, restarted, 
reframed what was going on. Um, whatever it was, it was enough for Kaplan to say bye bye. Yeah. But um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's maybe less of a problem for Overwatch and more of a problem for Diablo because <clears throat> people have been waiting for a new Diablo game for even longer than that. Yeah, because the first Diablo, Diablo 3 was 2013, I think. Yeah, that's been... Or 2012, it might have... The 2012, yeah, out. sorry. Uh, no, Diablo 3 was 2012, yeah. Initial release date was 2012. The, the mm. expansion must have been 2013 or 2014. And honestly, that's the game that got me back into playing games again. Mm-hmm. And I have moved on since then because I realized that there's not going to be years of content in this game for me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, I I would I would love for there to be more stuff in the interim period, and I would love for there to be more of a jump. But even what we've seen from Diablo Four, like technically speaking or visually speaking, it pretty much looks like the same game, does it not? I mean, what what are you looking for in a new game like this? So like, I want them to continue to. Personally, as a person who's played a lot of ARPGs, I want them to continue iterating on the design philosophy of the air of the uh, ARPG. I just want them to continue iterating on it. I don't want them to remake the wheel, but at the same time, you know, don't like go don't don't give me something completely different. Like Diablo Diablo one to Diablo two was an expansion and iteration of the design. Diablo 2 to Diablo 3 was a further iteration on that design. Diablo 4, just keep iterating the design. That's all you got to do. Just keep working on it. Just keep developing it and keep building it into a better system. I, I don't... I'm not one of those... I've said this a thousand times over the years, but I didn't care that D3 had a brighter feel to it. <laughs> as long as it was thematic, I didn't care. But there are people that, like, the Diablo 4 development has been, they have said, I believe, several times, I'll have to take a quote up for it, but they've, they've, they've listened to the player demands that the game be darker and more gothic. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. As long as the gameplay loop is good, I don't care. I played hundreds of hours of Diablo 3 because it had a decent gameplay loop. I right. wasn't mad at it most of the time. But I wasn't mad at it. So, yeah, nine years, eight years, whatever, like, that's great. Fantastic. I, I, it's, a good, it's a good run for the game. Like, I played freaking StarCraft. I played StarCraft and Brood War for a decade, the better part of a decade. I played um, Warcraft for more. I played WoW for more than a decade. You know, it's like as long as the gameplay loop is engaging, I'm still going to buy the game and be happy with it. It's just when they start making choices it's designed by committee and all this other bullshit that goes on with it like there's not a coherent vision for the games i think is the biggest problem yeah i think it's I mean, a major the, issue the, the the what i was thinking about when you were talking is it's not only that but it's also a generational thing as well mm-hmm. like you have this game that's appealing to people that played the game in 1994 1996 somewhere in there when it when diablo first came out the people who are playing today who knows if they even know about diablo or care about diablo or the entire franchise what or if that loop is engaging to them or whatever yeah right yeah i mean 
do they even do they want a smaller or a faster gameplay loop or do they want a longer gameplay loop like yeah do they do they do they want something they can drop in drop out real quick or do they want something that is you know much more like the original diablo 2 you know where it's like okay yeah we're gonna spend five hours doing this one series of things right or do you it's, want greater rifts from Diablo three, which is, you know, drop in, drop out, you're in and out 10 minutes at most kind of thing. Right. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they know. I'm glad that they heard from feedback from people, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, great. And I'm, this is, it's the same problem with everything. The loudest voices are not always the majority of your constituency of your consumers so mm-hmm. the loudest voices are the ones being heard that might not be great or people who have you know invested thousands of hours into the game that is not your normal person either yeah and that's the same problem i have with wow with the wow developers designing the end game around the 0.01 percent of player base like right. that's and I've talked about that before. It's like, yes, there is content that needs to be developed for them, but that shouldn't be the end of the line that they should not be the end of the line. There should be content that's designed for a greater mass of players, the more casual player mm-hmm. versus this point zero one percent. And they're developing all the they're uh, they're putting all these development resources into, you know, a 10,000 players or 5000 players worldwide. It's like. So I'm paying you to subsidize your development for 5,000 players worldwide. Yeah. The, the thing that I find an interesting contrast is they'll write the game and develop it so that it can be run on basically any system in existence mm-hmm. that's come out in the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. But they'll, they'll design the gameplay loop for a very teeny set of people who, you know, either play the game a lot or are super vocal about it that, you know, like, it just seems like a weird dichotomy to me that we'll let anybody play our game, but then design it for a hundred people who actually like really love it and care about it. Yeah. Oh, well, it's even better. You know, when you get down into the, uh, yeah, and LB mentions that the top 1% doesn't like it either. And it's like, yeah, who the fuck are they developing this for? Themselves? Well, I, I mean, know. we've been asking about it. We've been asking for it. You know, Diablo players have been asking for it. I mean, it brought me back to games after a 10 plus year hiatus, you know, like because I wanted to play the game because I was nostalgic for the experience. But, you know, that nostalgia is running out. Mm-hmm. Those people only, who play that game are getting older and don't. Nostalgia care is not an infinite mine, right? And it's also something based on time. Yep. You know, and it's like, yeah, we're 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 starting to get to the point where the younger side of our generation band, you know, the younger side of the millennial band, they're in their twenties. Like the youngest mm-hmm. of us is like in their late twenties at this point, is in their mid late twenties. Like, and the older ones are have families and not not as much time. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, like we, we're, we're on that older side of things. We're getting older. I don't have a million hours to dedicate to a video game anymore. Like, my life has gotten to a point where it's like, yeah, I can sit down and play for 
and like two hours a night or something like that. Or right. it's like I can make time to spend a longer amount of time on the game, but I can't do that every single day. Right. Or maybe like once a week or something, you know? It's, yeah, it's like 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 over the weekend. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, like my wife's at work. Okay, fuck yeah, I get to play eight 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 nine ten eleven hours of video games. That's fine, great, fantastic. But it's like, oh no, my wife's off work, or my mother's in town. It's like I need to go spend some time with them, mm-hmm. or I have a commitment. I have two right. or three hours of podcast I have to do every Saturday, every other Saturday. It's like, right. I'm not yeah. 16. I've said this a thousand times. I'm not 16 anymore. I can't just spend 20 hours a day gaming. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'm getting into way philosophical territory right now because I'm thinking more about like when we grew up, video games began, right? And now we're at a point where we're like older and stuff and like mm-hmm. shift that 10 years, shift that 20 years. These are the people that were born. Whoops. I just karate chopped my mic. Um, these were the people that were born when video games had already been out and they mm-hmm. started on PlayStation or they started on PlayStation two or whatever. It's like when the, when the home console market was mature, let's say that right, rather right. than like so, having just come out or whatever. Yeah. Right. So instead of a, a video game franchise, having a lifespan, as long as the human beings playing them, maybe they need to cut bait and say like, let's do a different type of action RPG that's not related to the Diablo franchise. And let's start a new franchise for the new the, people coming up. The problem, and let's get you, them run into, on, the problem you, know. you run into there is that entertainment runs on cycles. It's just like fashion. So you have to continue to keep up with the cycle. And the easiest way to do that is just tap nostalgia. Hmm. It's, 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 and you have to remember that the developers of these games are our age. They're around our age. Like, so they're developing a game based on their sensibilities. And when they develop a game based on their sensibilities, oh, yeah, 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 the older crowd loves this game, but the newer crowd is not buying into it. So we need to we need to figure out something new. So then they go to focus groups and then they go to community councils, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Uh, They go to focus groups and all this other shit. And they develop a game that is just it's designed by committee. And it's 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 trying to approach all the angles at the same time and make things work. And it doesn't. Yeah. Well, maybe I, I feel like nostalgia is an easy way to get quick money that has no lasting value. <laughs> Just like fast fashion. Yep. You know, let's cash in on the people who are willing to pay for it that remember it from 20 years ago. But when that dries up, you're you're out of money unless you do the nostalgia kick again. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, go talk to the 12 and 13 year olds, figure out what game they want to play. Go make a game for them now. You know, if you want to keep our game on life support, fine. Or if you want to iterate on it slightly, fine. But I don't think that's going to be the long term. Don't put all your eggs in that basket. Exactly. Don't put all your eggs in that basket. Exactly. Because this, how many more Diablo games do you think they have in the can? You know, in their lifetime. Depends on how much longer Blizzard exists as a company. That's what I'm I don't think that that philosophy is going to last because oh, no. I don't think I don't think it's care about ultimately it sustainable. I don't think it's an ultimately I don't think ultimately it's a sustainable uh, a sustainable way to uh, develop a game, it's, especially when you look at another other long running franchises. You look at Final Fantasy, look at the Final Fantasy franchise. It's gone from a very simplistic, you know, attack, magic, item, run. 
very simple system. It's like you have four options and then there's a couple of options, sub options within those options and that's it. To and then you jump to like Final Fantasy 15, it's this full scale like real time action battler with, you know, very mm-hmm. little reminiscent besides like maybe a setting or you know a a reference or a joke or something that references back to the older games but it's a completely different style of game right and that's that's good that's iterating on the system but i think good when you have the when you have a game that has the same name and it has a Mm -hmm. number behind it you are stuck with some of the values and some of the stuff that that game had without alienating the people who would be playing that game in the first place, because it's too different from what the previous game was. Well, I, I disagree. It's like in the case of final fantasy, I disagree with that. I, I feel like they've, they've constantly, there was a very long period of time where they just used the same formula and they used the same design and they used the same everything. And mm-hmm. then over the last five to 10 years, they've really kind of branched out and gone a little wild with it. Like, you look at Final Fantasy... Like, here's an easy one. 1997, Final Fantasy VII. You look at that. All right, you look at that game as it came out on the PlayStation. Final Fantasy Remastered. Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy Remastered. You look at that, that's a wildly different game. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's great. That's, That's them iterating, and that's them continuing the spirit of something rather than continuing the mechanics of something. Okay. Yeah, I, I can like see that. that. That's that. That's a big change there. Diablo, it's always going to be the same thing. Like the way that they're developing Diablo is like they they got shut down when they tried to do something even slight, even slightly different. Just just the visual aspect, they got shut down. They got told right. you're doing it wrong. This is not the game I wanted. Right. Uh, look and at Borderlands. Borderlands is also <laughs> another good example. Oh yeah, their sequel Remember, was very similar. Yeah, Borderlands one in a lot of ways felt like a very different game to Borderlands 2 and then Borderlands the pre-sequel completely different mm-hmm. it felt a lot of the same but there was a lot of mechanics and things uh that were different and it, it felt like a little bit of a fresh air but at the same time the game was just the same exact loop over and over and over again Borderlands 3 same problem it's the same exact loop over and over and over again and you're not iterating and you're not designing new things you're just rehashing the exact same thing over and over again yeah i i think final fantasy is probably more of the exception than the role i think that more often than not the sequels do need to be similar to the previous games and are being made similarly to what the previous game was because you do have those vocal minority who's like this sequel is too different from the game that i played previously so i don't want to play this sequel and you need to change it or you need to fix that yeah but, i think yeah mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the problem is, is that let's say Blizzard wants to do something drastically different with the action RPG market. Mm-hmm. They can't name it Diablo. Yeah, they and can't. If they name it, yeah, if they name it something else, then how are you going to transfer those players from point A to point B like to get them all from going playing Diablo to playing something else? Well, maybe the answer is you don't have to. You know, maybe that game is for a different generation of players or a different audience of players that um, you don't have to worry about it. And then you can let Diablo finally die because I don't want to play the same like slasher that I played in three and two. You know, like it's I don't know. I, I think I think I think what we were talking about with Final Fantasy being the exception rather than the rule, I think 
it should be the rule rather than the exception. Yeah, I think I agree that with you. If if you if you if you start developing the same way that the Final Fantasy development teams have been working, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know we've got a bunch of different Final Fantasies in the work, and they're all way different. It's like, okay, yeah, but you know, you're keeping the same core DNA. There's still, you know, sort of there's a, there's a, there's a core DNA of the game that exists, but you don't let that get in the way of the actual experience of the game. So it's like you're like, okay, this is Final Fantasy, but Final Fantasy is going to sh- Final Fantasy seven or six or 13 or 12 is going to shut up and get out of the way. And we're going to do something a little bit wild. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do something weird and you're going to like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Is it the name or is it the studio that players are looking at when they're like, Hey, I should try that game out because it's also mm-hmm. a Blizzard title, or it's like, oh, that game's a Diablo game. I want to play that. That was the thing with Blizzard for such a long time, is because their name was associated with quality. You right. knew that when you loaded up a Blizzard game, it was just going to work and it was going to be good. Right. So I, I think a lot of the thing with Blizzard is that so much of it is associated with the fact that the Blizzard name was so integral to being able to sell their products but at the same time it's not they need they had good intriguing engaging gameplay and they don't anymore no you're right and man this is this conversation you you said you fucking sat there and were like oh we're gonna have to figure out a main topic because i don't think we're gonna be able to get a full episode out of this and i'm just like nah we're gonna be good (laughs) we're gonna be real when i'm half asleep okay and we start (laughs) going into like philosophy land this is like why my girlfriend doesn't let let me have conversations with her after midnight anymore (laughs) do you understand why (laughs) We're just going but, down the rabbit hole. We're just keep going the, down the hole. But I think this is kind of like, these are the things, this is where I like the discussions going. When we get to like, say, we, we get to put on the tinfoil hat, as Chris likes to say. And we get to say like, in, in our version of reality, this is where we think things are going, where they should go or how they should be. Because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like, we play games just like everybody else. And these are my ideas. These are your ideas for, you know, what we see happening and what, what we think might be able to make it better. Because at the end of the day, I want to, I want to play some like live service games and I just want content to come out and I want to be able to have fun and have a distraction from life every now and again, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I just think completely. So it's, you know, and that might not be everybody's experience and that, you know, like, um, there, you know, some people might want to start and end a story and like, that's what they want to do. But it's like what I want to do and what I see happening is like, you know, just give me some content that I can pay for and it's relatively inexpensive and I can get a lot of hours of fun out of it and I'll be happy. But then, then you kind of come into the problem of like, how much is how much is your entertainment worth to you? And how much is that like that piecemeal entertainment worth to you? Cause hmm. that's, that's, that's the kind of big disconnect a lot of people still have with the game development industry. It's like in entertainment in general, it's like, okay, I'll pay for this, but I want more 
than what you're going to give me. That's not how it was back in the day. You know that. It was like you used to, you bought a game and you played a game. And nowadays it's you buy a game and then a month later it's a different game. And then a month after that it's a different game. And then a month after that it's a different game. But you but people but the general consumer has been primed to expect that rather than just being going, "Hey, here's my 60 bucks." or here's my 30 bucks or here's my 40 bucks or whatever and going and them going okay here's your game have fun don't fucking talk to me again don't at me yeah that and doesn't happen anymore i think you know in in a certain way i think that like we kind of have the cheat code to like value getting value out of video games because we do follow the industry and we follow games and and like you know, I spent $40 on New World and I probably have over 100 hours in it already. Mm-hmm. And you told me about uh, Warframe and I probably have, you know, 150 hours into that game and spent yeah. next to nothing on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like people don't realize that there are, you know, there's ways to get a lot for your money and not have to buy a game every other day to stay interested in something. And it's, you know, other people I feel need that experience too. Instead of, you know, spending $15 a month on Netflix and then you don't watch it or you watch one thing or, mm-hmm. you know, having to buy 18 streaming services. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I feel like there's ways to, you know, and, and the, the problem is the barrier to entry in some respects, because like you mm-hmm. can't even buy a video card right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you can't play most of these games on like normal systems that you would pick up at Best Buy. But like, mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, if we could bring, if we could fix that and if we could, you know, and I think that's what a lot of the streaming services have tried to do recently, like NVIDIA Now, Stadia, Mm. Luna, other, you know, other things like that. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, no potatoes allowed now. But if if you have a decent system, you can run some of these games and get almost an infinite number out of, of play hours out of it just for like a pretty reasonable price. And, you know, that's what I like and that's what I look for instead of like, am I hitting my quarterly numbers and how many games do I have to release every year to increase my revenue for my company? You know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm just playing games that I like to play that I get a ton of fun out of for a low price. Mm-hmm. I get you, I get you, I get you. Um, we can keep down this rabbit hole all day. So let's go ahead and jump over to one of the other ones real quick. Um, so yeah, we're also starting to get closer on time. Um, so one of the things that has also come out recently is there is now going to be a wow community council. For those of you who have played Warframe or played league of legends back in the day when they had the tribunal and things like that. Um, this is a community forum that, uh, player members, Player-led will be invited to. Uh, so in the WoW case specifically, um, it will be they will they're accepting applicants right now, um, and you will be given access to a special forum where devs will post topics and you will respond to them and you will give your feedback. This is way too little, way too little, way too late. Free focus group. Yeah. Feedback. Yeah, so uh, Warframe does something very similar to this. This I don't remember what exactly I think it's a design council or something like that. Um, where And they've been doing this for almost the entirety of the game. And 
so Kevin, if you've ever been loading into a map in Warframe and you see uh, a little hint up in the corner, you know, the little text hints mm-hmm. where it says, uh, ask, uh, um, corrosive damage it does extra damage to grenier armor and it'll say council member oa or something like that that's actually a player that suggested that that's actually Mm. a member of the 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 player feedback council the design council that has given that piece of information there that's cool and they've been doing that for years and years and years uh league of legends used to have a tribunal and a community forum kind of thing where it's like yeah we're gonna take suggestions from you we're gonna engage in discussion and feedback so wow has had something similar to this for a very long time but it was very exclusive for those of you who know anything about how wow has been wow has worked for years and years and years they've used streamers and influencers and high-end raiders and things of that nature and they've invited them out to the blizzard campuses in irvine and they or anaheim or whatever the fuck it is i don't remember it's irvine right kevin yeah yeah, they invite them out to the Blizzard campus on Irvine and they have a big meeting and they bring all these streamers and these raiders and these wow influencers together and they get their feedback. Um, I feel I feel like they've been trying to do this by like hiring community managers to read the forums and randomly post blue posts on the forums. And this is just maybe some more structure around what they've done in the past. I it's it's not because the problem is it's application. So it is still a limited quantity of the player base is going to get their voices heard. And again, most people who play games, and we've talked about this before, most people who play WoW just log on and engage in the game. That's all they do. They don't go in, they don't go to forums. That's why the forums are an echo chamber. They don't go and complain about things. They don't go and mention things that were good either. It's just, they just want to play the game. Just like you were saying, they just want to log in and play the game and then they're done. They don't have to put any extra thought into it. This you're going to get a very narrow subsection of players with this player council thing, with this community council thing. It's going to be a very narrow subset of players and it's going to we're going to have the exact same issues we've already have, which is where the game is being designed for a certain segment of the population that doesn't fit the majority of the population. I guarantee that the seats that they have on this council have already been earmarked for. We need to have so many of this age, so many of this race and gender so many of this you know player skill level i mean they have that all mapped out oh yeah i guarantee guarantee you that that it's going to be something like that i I guarantee absolutely guarantee you because and it's like i guarantee you that top end raiders are going to be represented very heavily uh top end pvpers are going to despite what pvpers complain about that you know wow doesn't hear about pvp they do Oh, They've balanced the game around PvP and high-end rating for years. Is is this going to be like the House of Representatives for WoW? Yeah, like, basically. Someone has to be like voted in as like the high-end raider seat. Yeah, I <laughs> then there's going to no be idea. Uh, campaigning. I just, <laughs> I just I think that this is still a little more too little too late. Like they have they Blizzard has actively ignored player feedback for years like when you get beta testers like we've 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 talked about this before i beta tested a little bit back in um wrath my wife beta tested because she was on a mac at the time she beta tested wrath to figure out if there was any sort of funky interactions with mac because that was when mac uh, support was Mm -hmm. finalized um like she beta tested and i did some playing on her account 
Uh, and yeah, it was like uh, there was feedback that was given, and there's you, you hear stories of feedback from every beta cycle that Blizzard knew about this six months ago when the beta launched, and they haven't done anything about it. They then the problem persists for months and months and months. And yeah, it's I don't they don't listen to player feedback. They never have, and this is just more mouth service. It's more lip service. That's all it is. It's uh, it's very. I mean. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it is way too late. <laughs> I think if they had the player in mind, they would have had this far, far long ago. And it would have been more than you, community manager, go read posts on the forum and then report back what players are saying. <laughs> you know, like, I think it would be more than that. But all I'm saying is that I want Stonegrasp for the, um, the Mount Farmer seat on the council. Stonegrasp Mount for Mount Farmer. That's going to be the name of the show. That's that's fine. Stonegrass <laughs> Mount Farmer 2021. <laughs> I uh, mean, I, I kind of feel like this is the the, um, you know, the scene in the Lord of the Rings where like they all get together and he's like, and my axe, you know, that like that scene. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, the Council of Rivendell. Right. But the Council of Rivendell is going to be like, you know, like Hazel Nutty coming in and talking about farming pets but the and problem, then like, problem is, is that that's that's already the system we have. That's already the system we have. Like I said, true. they bring these streamers and these influencers and these raiders together, and then they pick their brains and go, "Oh, well, I need your feed. We need we need feedback about this." And then they give feedback, and then the feedback's either not actioned on, or it's feedback that is for such a narrow subset that it has absolutely nothing to do with the rest yeah. of the game. Do, with do you know the majority of players? Do you know the thing that's also kind of shady about that is like. Mm. These are people who are now developing content and like making money and making a living off of this as like their job. Uh-huh. And you're asking those people for feedback about a game that they have an inherent like financial value and connection mm-hmm. to that is it's no longer system. Yeah, it's it's no longer a and the same thing with the people who are in streaming guilds and uh, you know, mythic rating guilds. You know, these are no longer um, what do you call it? Third-party independent viewpoints. These are not. Uh, these are not objective viewpoints. They're not objective view. That's thank you. That's the word I was looking for. You're <laughs> you're no longer getting objective feedback by most of the people who have a decent following on YouTube or well, you're, people well, who you're are getting, sponsored. You're getting objective feedback, but it's very personal feedback. It's not a neutral objective feedback it's personal objective feedback oh well this will increase my numbers feedback rather than oh well this is this i think would be good for the overall health of the game i'm not i'm not saying that you can't have you know you can't be financially tied in any way shape or form but like i kind of am because you wouldn't do like i don't know i don't i'm trying to think about something to relate this to but like even when you hear a review on YouTube for anything that you watch, it's like so-and-so gave this to me for free, but we did it with this fucking microphone that we got. Yeah. 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 We did. It's like, you know, we had to sit there and say like, look, they gave this to us for free, but they didn't tell us what to say about it. So we can say whatever we want to say about it. And it's, you know, that was even less of what we're talking about here because Mm -hmm. you're, they're probably going to be, they're probably going to be picking people that already have a following and already have mm-hmm. 
some sort of financial ties to this game in the first place. I mean, I would love for them to disclose who these people are and like, that's you know, that's who, gonna be the who are thing. these it's people like, who are representing the game that we're playing like warframe they don't active they don't uh publicly announce the players if i remember correctly the warframe doesn't publicly announce who the players are the players in fact i believe they're in da'd to say that they that they can't talk about anything that they talk about during the design aspect of things sure because there's this less feedback and it's more designing future content for the game um and they're nda under that. I don't know what we're going to see with this player council stuff because, I mean, okay, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, say, let's say I get onto the player council. I then go, okay, well, this is secret, so I can't tell anybody about it, but I'm going to go to this... Are you on the player council? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go to this Discord server, and I'm going to sell my voice on the council... So who's willing to pay? Who's willing to pay me ten million gold? Who's willing to pay me in mythic carries? <laughs> is... Who's willing to do this stuff for me? <laughs> it's some house of cards shit. I know. I know. We're getting into like lobbying and like mm-hmm. yeah, payoffs that's, and all that's, this shit. That's this. this that's what this whole system is going to invite. It's going to invite all sorts of issues. And I just, I just, I'm gonna laugh my ass off when this whole thing just fucking it, blows up in their face. I mean, we don't. We also don't know how much credit or what's you know what percentage how much cash actually matter independent people will have or the or or the or the council itself yeah we don't know how big it's going to be we don't know how small it's going to be we don't know how much power it's going to have it's probably going to be none they're probably just going to ignore the council just like they ignored all the other player feedback they've gotten over the years yeah i mean it can't be any better or worse than what's going on today with the forums and like scraping the forums for useful information Mm-hmm. that's so, assuming they actually do that uh, that is assuming that they actually do that because I don't know if they do that or not but I would assume that because there's blue posts that exist some mm-hmm. do <laughs> Yeah, but like we have no idea if that goes into the actual design of the game or not yeah so let's talk about the last two Blizzard stories we have and then and then we'll end then we could go ahead and end it yeah well I'd like to hear a little bit about your number two just a little okay, bit about that sure um, because that's interesting to me because that was a whole fucking thing. But the last few things we had was that, uh, just real quick, um, Jen O'Neill, who, if you remember from our August episode or maybe our early September episode, uh, it was past tense, the, uh, co-lead, the official title was co-lead with Mikey Barra, uh, uh, for Blizzard Entertainment brought on after Jay Allen Brack stepped down. Um, she is effective immediately ceasing her role as co-leader of Blizzard Entertainment and will be staying on through the end of the year uh, with Blizzard and then leaving completely, completely severing ties at the end of the year. Um, this announcement is coinciding with them, with Blizzard Entertainment building a grant a one million dollar grant or i believe it's women in games international i think was what i put in here yeah women in games international which she is a board member of and they are building a grant in her name she will be staying with blizzard until the end of the year and her job duties will her duties at blizzard will solely and strictly be relating to the disbursement of this grant within women in games international 
Uh, so effective immediately, Mikey Barra is the head uh, of Blizzard Entertainment. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, she lasted. I mean, months. I had a hot take when this was posted in Discord earlier, which I won't repeat, but... Um, I mean, what do you think the reason behind this is? I've stated already that there's a couple of possible reasons here. I was not aware of the $1 million grant. I had read over that and I kind of skimmed it. But yeah, so a $1 million grant to a foundation that she is a board member of. Seems interesting. Yeah, so coincidental. So, coincidental almost, in fact. So my guesses on this were that Blizzard found something out about her. Um, Blizzard found out something about her. She found out something about Blizzard. Or she, or both, or maybe she's just, uh, this was a short-term thing from the get-go. But it's weird that she is the actual only Blizzard, she's the only person who is tied to Activision Blizzard at the head of the company. Mikey Barup was from Xbox. He didn't have any connection to Activision Blizzard really at that time. Jen O'Neill, on the other hand, was actually the head of Vicarious Visions, which was the support studio that did work on Destiny. They did a bunch, they did Tony Hawk remasters, a bunch of other stuff, who has now been completely absorbed into Blizzard. Vicarious Visions no longer exists, it, or will very shortly no longer exist. They'll be shedding the name Vicarious Visions, and they will probably be taking a Blizzard City name uh, title for their studio. Um, it's, um, yeah, I... Did anyone think that when they said they were going to be co-leading the company that that was going to last? That's the problem is that like the co-leader thing, like we mentioned, it's like that's just like. We everybody pretty much assumed they were just going to be yes men for for Kotick and Activision. Mm -hmm. And the Activision Blizzard overall entity, uh, ABK Activision Blizzard King, uh, we figured that was just going to be an entity that just. Did whatever they said. Pretty much. So we don't know what the hell's going on with this. Um, I don't want to make baseless speculation about it. I don't want to make wild guesses. This is something that feels a little suspect to me. It feels a little weird to me. I agree. Yeah. So last thing I was going to talk about was uh, Bobby Kotick is taking a very large pay cut. He is going down to, oh my God, $65,000 a year. Kevin, how would we survive on, how is he going to survive on $65,000 a year? Get rid of your options. Get rid of your profit, profiteering. Get rid of all the vested stuff he's got. Yeah. 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 Uh, But yeah, so he's taking a... Like, I think it's like an 85% pay cut or something ridiculous like that. I don't remember the exact percentage, but he's going from millions and millions of dollars to $65,000 a year until the very nebulous point at which all of this is kind of handled. The, the whole Blizzard thing is handled. He's also increasing the percentage of women and non-binary people at the company by 50% over the next five years. That's great. As long as they find, as long as they get qualified candidates, I don't give a shit. Right. I don't give a shit 
what's going on with them. I don't give a shit what 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 ethnicity they are, what color they are, how they identify. As long as they're a qualified, competent con- candidate, I don't give a shit who's in who's at what company. I don't give a damn. Just you know, don't just hire your friends because they're your friends. Like. <laughs> like how we got to this place like how we got to this point uh, like how we got here in the first place yeah <laughs> it's like yeah be conscious of who you're of who you're hiring and like try to make sure that you're not just hiring the same white guy 17 times you know but you know just i don't give a shit just fucking be competent and be able to fucking salvage this company because i love blizzard games i love I've I've loved Blizzard for a long time. This whole deal going on right now has really made me go, I don't know why I love them so much. If this was the company that existed, why did I love them so much? They put out quality games. That's what we just talked about for the past hour. I mean, I know, you know, the, the but problem it, is, the problem is, is they, like, were, they were putting out these quality games while doing this shit. That's true. I mean, I, I don't. Bobby Kotek, like, I don't care. Like, whatever you are planning to do to right the wrongs, okay, great. I would rather Bobby? that come from not just Bobby Kotek, but the entire organization as a whole. And, like, this is what we're going to do as an organization to get through this instead of, like, Bobby I'm going to cut my salary and make a fucking news article out of it. Like, I don't fucking mm-hmm. care. Yeah, it's 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 just him trying to catch attention on it. It's trying to him divert attention. But you got to remember, Bobby Kotek is not... He's not your friend. Bobby Kotick is a corporate raider. Bobby Kotick mm-hmm. bought Activision for a song and a dance. All right. Back when the company was falling apart. Bobby Kotick bought Blizzard for a reasonable sum, but wasn't really a big deal because he wasn't actually going after Blizzard. He was going after the parent company for Blizzard at that time. Blizzard was a happy, a happy secondary point on that. Uh, Blizzard made a lot of money. Blizzard was owned by a kind of shitty company at the time. Um, but yeah, it's like Bobby Kotick is a corporate raider. Everything he is going to do is going to be in the service of making sure that he makes more money at the end of the day. That's all he gives yeah. a shit about. Yeah. But uh, that's that's our obligatory Blizzard episode for a couple of weeks. So. uh we're we're going to stop the blizzard talk for a while even though it, it i felt like it did give us some good conversation today i felt it gave us a a lot of really good uh points yeah. to go over um but on a funny story let's let's end the day on your uh, on this new yeah. stuff so switching from real money to fake money um we've got a problem in new world that caused them to basically shut down all forms of wealth transfer which meant not being able to use the auction house not being able to actually like trade with players, anything like they completely turned off trading auction house, everything that allowed you to be able to transfer wealth from one player to another. This was due to the fact that they found a gold exploit where people were duplicating gold and their solution for this in the short term was just shut everything off. And they did that for several days until they were able to come up with a fix and then implemented that fix earlier this week. sometime. LB1 was that the third or the fourth or something, but um, they were able to address this and turn everything back on again. Uh, and they're going to be banding people who were using the exploit. So good on them. Um, I think the, the, uh, the trend that we seem to be following with new world updates these days is 
Um, Game someone, is a cloud fiesta? Yeah, someone uncovers some kind of a bug that the community or they feel should have been found, patched, fixed, uh, should have never been a problem in the first place. The um, I don't know if you guys have kept up with the the issue where you can like put the game into window mode and then like drag the window and it makes you invulnerable in the game. Like <laughs> that that's actually a thing that they haven't fixed yet. But like, yeah, if you just hold down the window of the new world game and drag it around your screen and like as long as you're holding it down and doing that, then you're invulnerable in in the game world. In PvP activities, in well, non-PvP activities. Well, it's just it's- like this is this is also a game where it's possible to max your stats and then overflow them by dropping equipment on the ground and then equipping it from the ground and then making your bags unusable. Yeah, it's they're finding a lot of bugs with the game, but I think that a lot of these are coming from edge cases. I mean, I've played over 100 hours and I have not noticed many of these bugs that people are talking about. Well, I mean, LB people... was saying that LB was saying that your server has finally started figuring out some of these glitches. And yeah. he's starting to see them. So maybe yeah. it's just you were you were on the slower server. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that you have the play testing that existed for the game. I'm going to assume were people playing through the game. You know, what we have now are people that are motivated by, you know, gold, money, greed, uh, popularity, power, you know, like. And they are intentionally trying to break shit left and right to to negate the game mechanics and to it, you know, get some kind of edge over another player to get their territory or, you know, the game is highly competitive to begin with, right? Because you're mm-hmm. fighting over territory and there's lots of PvPing. So it doesn't surprise me that they're finding things that weren't found dur- during what I'll say normal playtesting <laughs> would have been at Amazon Studios. There was no normal play testing there, Dud, sir. Well, I mean, like you can get through. Like I said, I've gotten through tens of hours of gameplay with no major bugs, crashes, issues, except for that one where my screen goes entirely dark. That happened when I was playing with LB the other day. But like the through the course of a normal gameplay, I'm going to assume that a lot of players are just fine and like probably aren't having many of these game breaking bugs like people are saying are out there. But yeah, you have people who are just like, they are making it their full-time fucking job to figure out exploits, to get an edge to, you know, one of those things that I talked about. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's always going to happen when you have some kind of a game world like this. I mean, when, when meta releases the metaverse, there's going to be people trying to hack that and get around things and work around things and make money off of it. I mean, I, th- I feel like that's always going to happen, but like how as a company do you play test for that? How do you like who's thinking, who is QAing the game and has a checklist that says, just break this fucking thing, you know, go out and break it. That, well, it sounds like that's what didn't happen. Like, you go into like you go into a, a Blizzard situation or any other major developer development studio, and it's like they'll have breakdowns. It's like, oh, you're in charge of X Y Z thing, and you're in charge of X Y Z thing, and this this open world area is yours, and this open world area is yours, and this dungeon's yours, and this dungeon's yours, and it's like, 
Yeah, they they basically get told, I need you to go through this checklist, and at the end of the day, I need you to break fucking everything. Just figure out how to fuck it all up. And it just feels like New World didn't do any of that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't work in a QA department like that, so I don't know how much of it is normal versus destructive versus, you know, something that... Well, we, we know yeah. somebody that works in a QA department that we can always ask. Yeah, that would be interesting to get some insight there if that is something that can be shared with the public. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. the... I would assume... I mean, this is this is like... What this reminds me of is like you hear those stories about those hackers who like figured out how to hack something and then the government or the NSA is like, hey, why don't you come work for us, buddy? You know, like mm-hmm. the gaming companies need to do that. <laughs> they need to get some of these guys and be like, dude, come work for us and like just break shit and figure out how to break shit and exploit the game and like help us patch that shit out of it before it goes out to, to people. You know, I exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. so, yeah it's like we don't know what the fuck we don't know what the the thought process and what happened with those so i mean how how is this this is very much like white hat versus black hat hacking don't you think mm-hmm. and like needing to needing to hire those people or to take that into account when you're testing and developing games yeah so it's 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 yeah there's 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 a sometimes you just get people that are hired into qa that are there just to play the game they're there just to experience the game Mm -hmm. and you don't always get that person that's going to look at it in an interesting way it's like i wonder if i could break this interaction but from some of the stuff that I was like listening to on YouTube, it some of it like the um the one where you can put it into window mode and then like drag the window around. That's more of a design thing than anything mm-hmm. else. It's like how the game was designed to interact between client and server. So yeah, like, and that and that depends on like yeah. client side interaction versus server side interaction. And there's the whole host of things like if they don't run if they don't test the game in a live environment if they don't do qa in a live environment and they just do it in like a very very isolated segmented environment you mm-hmm. can sometimes not find bugs like that that happen if you don't test it in a live setting kind of thing yeah right yeah. well or or you're not designing it with those principles in mind to begin with mm-hmm. and who designed it and why weren't those considered up front in the design phase before things were even developed. But um, yeah, at this point, it's all speculation, but it's very Mm -hmm. odd that we're just, there's a constant stream of like these pretty significant bugs that are not, it's not just like, well, (laughs) well, they crashed video cards, but they said that that ended up being a A GPU manufacturer, a GPU problem. problem. Yeah. Yet somehow no other game has fried at 3080. So interesting. But um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of weird things that are happening here that are, you know, to me, it, they all seem to point to Amazon's a new studio. They don't know what they're doing. They have a yeah. lot of weird stuff going on that, like, we're not hearing from other companies or other games that have come out. 
what other <laughs> has there been another game that has fried a video card or contributed to the frying of a video card? It's just like insane. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Just um, on that on that note, you you mentioned uh, video cards, and that just reminded me. The very last thing I'm going to mention is that a truck full of uh, EVGA 30 series cards has been stolen in California. Interesting. Oh, there there wasn't. Uh, this is a side note. I'm not going to reference this, but there was a story that I read where they're now going to be like airdropping PS5s into the UK now because of the the rampant um, stealing from basically what you're talking about now <laughs> like literally like airdropping them in like oh my god it's this truly truly is the worst timeline we truly are living in the dystopia if you couldn't like i don't want to get into a big discussion about resale but join us on discord and we can have that discussion if if reselling didn't exist, would this even be a problem? Would we be airdropping things in and would we be ripping off trucks like we're in Fast and the Furious? Yep. Yep, this is the world we live in. Um, <sighs> all right, so you got any final thoughts, Kevin? My final thoughts are, I think, what I mentioned earlier. And it's like, next year, when we're through this year, when we're through 2021, which was like, us getting out of the dumpster fire of 2020 and then jumping right back into it. (laughs) It feels like it, but like let's figure out how to not burn out our development teams, how to release quality games so that on day one, they have a good, good impression on us. And let's figure out some sort of like payment structure for games as a service that isn't needing a college degree or higher to be able to understand. So those are my final thoughts for this okay. week. That's reasonable, I think, honestly. That's a, that's a very reasonable goal that you've set there. <laughs> um, my final thoughts are, I've said it a thousand times, games are art, not science. Don't expect, don't expect magic just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be our show for this week, folks. To talk to us during the week, you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast EU. Uh, Kevin's at Swingcat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Meg. I'm at Gavril underscore ET. That's two I's and one L. Uh, Neth is at Nethwinch. Uh, you can send us feedback. You can send us emails to feedback at tctceu.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, join us live on Saturdays here on Twitch. We record and stream the show. That's uh, twitch.tv slash ctceu. Uh, for links to today's show, you can visit our website or uh for a link to the discord you can also visit the website at tctceu.com uh if you just review soundcloud stitcher itunes spotify however it is that you get two guys just rambling for two hours about video games um say um i don't know i had something there and it's just gone boys and girls i had something there now it's just gone just like the show ah uh, 